Today on It Is Written Canada, we will be talking about practical and effective ways you can build your confidence and become more resilient when you have to face a traumatic event. To begin with, we have Dr. Nadine Plummer, a licensed naturopathic doctor who graduated from the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine. She is a member of the Ontario Association of Naturopathic Doctors and the Canadian Association of Naturopathic Doctors as well. Dr. Plummer also holds a master's degree in religion from Andrews University's Theological Seminary. Dr. Plummer, welcome to It Is Written Canada. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me on. So, Dr. Plummer, before we ask you any personal type questions, we're going to ask you some definition type questions. Okay. What is confidence? Great question. When I think of confidence, I think of one main word, and that word is ability. But it's not just ability, it is confidence, in my definition, is like trust in your own abilities, trust in your own capabilities. And out of that trust in your abilities, you develop confidence. So I have my own acronym or my own saying to kind of describe what resilience is. It is think like a boss. So the A stands for adaptability. So resilience is about the uh, ability also to adapt. That's why confidence and resilience go together. The ability to adapt to trauma, stress, uh, tragedies, the difficulties in life. The B stands for bouncing back. It's an easy way to define resiliency, the ability to bounce back. The O is overcome, uh, how to overcome situations in life. And the S and the S, the first S stands for stress, and the second S stands for uh, addressing stress. And we couldn't speak about resilience without talking about stress, because really resilience is how do you manage stress and it's interesting because our brains respond differently when we're in a stress state and when we're not in a stress state so there's an area in the brain in the front here called the prefrontal cortex that is the area that kind of hosts our personality it's in charge of decision making deductive reasoning logical thinking and when we are really stressed another area in our brain called the amygdala kind of hijacks the prefrontal cortex and we respond out of emotion, especially fear, anxiety, etc. So resilience is the ability to really use your prefrontal cortex to kind of manage stress in a way where you're still able to use deductive reasoning, rational thinking, uh, logical, a logical analysis and assessment of situations, as opposed to becoming very stressed and in that case, we have a looser control of thoughts and we tend to feel like 
things are not in our control. We can't change things. That's a lack of resilience. So having said that, Dr. Plummer, how important is resilience and confidence to an individual's overall well-being? I would say it's very important. Uh, resilience helps us in our overall health. Uh, it helps us with our mental attitude and having a stronger mental attitude or feeling resilient actually leads to better health outcomes. Uh, lack of resilience, sense of hopelessness can lead to worse health outcomes, chronic disease, etc. But when we're talking about resilience, we couldn't really discuss it and outcomes without looking at two particular studies. One study was by a professor at the University of Minnesota. His name was Dr. Norman Gormetsky, and he studied resilience in children for over 40 years. And he found that there were three main things that contributed to resilience, especially in children and then later in life. Even though some of these children were coming out of dysfunctional families and you know, tragedies, difficulties, etc. And those three things were uh, cognitive competence, academic competence, and social competence. So cognitively, academically, and socially, they were competent, uh, regardless of what home life was. And with those three things, those kids ended up, or children, being very resilient and then going on to being successful as adults, despite the fact that they were coming out of adverse situations, you could call it. The second study was done by a psychologist named Dr. Emmy Werner. And Dr. Emmy Werner did a large scale study of 700 kids in Hawaii, um, and that lasted for over three decades. And she actually discovered what to me is like the golden nuggets of resilience. First, she realized resilience can be learned. So if you don't have these characteristics, it doesn't mean that you cannot learn to be resilient. But she wanted to study resilience in children and then see where they were, the outcomes in adulthood. So you said, how important is it to like outcomes? And that's what she particularly wanted to study. So she studied 700 children. Out of those 700, one third came, were considered to be children at risk. So they came out of households where there was poverty, alcoholism, abuse. Even in pregnancy, some of the women who were pregnant were in difficult situations. So it was, you know, difficulty before birth. And she found out of that group of one third, that 65%, so over half, actually before the age of 10, had developed behavioral issues, uh, learning disabilities. By the age of 18, there were addictions, alcoholism, um, teenage pregnancy, but that was 65%. The other 34%, actually, they began to thrive, despite the fact that they were children at risk, and they became very successful as adults, socially successful, financially successful. So she wondered what was the difference because they were all experiencing the same type of thing. And yet, why did this group thrive? How is it they were resilient? So she deduced that there were four main things that led to that resilience. And those are four things that we can even think about and apply today. One of them was having a very strong bond with at least one parent, uh, a loving bond with a parent or a caregiver. 
so if you have children or you're, you are in that caregiving position, just that giving that love and support to that child can help to develop resilience. The second thing was the children who were resilient, they had a strong sense of autonomy and independence. So as a parent encouraging autonomy and independence in your children, while you're still there as the support, you know, so they know that you're there, that can help uh, develop resilience as well. The third thing is those children tended to be very industrious, meaning they realized, okay, I, I have these skills, not those, so I'll use the skills that I have, and they were open to new experiences. So they were a little bit of risk-taking characteristics there, so that's something else you could encourage in children. And the fourth thing, which is really important and also important in adulthood, is they had a strong internal locus of control meaning they felt like I can make a difference. I can contribute to this situation and my contribution is going to make a difference. And that locus of control was something that could be applied in their lives as they were growing up right until adulthood. So I would say resilience and confidence in your ability to contribute and make changes in your life are very, very important. One great way to build your confidence is to look back. And it might sound weird, but I think that if you look back, you're going to be able to see the progress that you have made. Um, we compare ourselves to other people's progress and we even become envious or sad or anxious because we're not there and you want to be where that other person is. However, look back and see how many blessings God has already given you. And you're gonna be able to become more confident about your own progresses and move forward with God and His guidance. You know, one of the ways that has personally helped me to build my confidence is knowing more about my identity in Christ. When you really stop to think about it, we are made perfectly and wonderfully in God's image. And He sees the depths of our heart. We're talking about the, the, the being that created the universe the stars and the galaxies. He knows the grains of sand. He knows the, the hair in your head are numbered, even the gray ones. And so when we know our identity in Christ and what he's called us to, that knowledge fuels me daily to grow my confidence from someone who is timid and shy and uncertain to someone who is bold and courageous and fearless and able to take on the world. Confidence and resilience, I believe, are displayed throughout the Bible. But I'm gonna point out two stories that come to mind in particular. The first one with confidence would be Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were asked or commanded to bow down before the king. And in their confidence and their allegiance toward God decided not to, despite or in spite of the doom that they were going to face. And even when they were being tested by saying, we will throw you into the fire, and it is seven times hotter, they decided we are going to remain confident in our God. And even if he doesn't deliver us, we still trust him. With resilience, a different verse comes to mind. The righteous man falleth seven times and getteth up again. I don't know about you, but when I fall over and over and over into the same sin or into the same pattern, I get discouraged. But the righteous man is resilient and he gets up again. Dr. Plummer, as a naturopathic doctor, 
you know about these natural remedies from God's pharmacy <laughs> that we talk about here, the farm coming from the earth. How important is knowing that to a person's own confidence and resilience? I think it can contribute to confidence and resilience just because you know, you may know the things that you can do that will help for different conditions and situations. Like you might think, oh, if I get a cold, I know what I can take and I know what I can do. Or if, uh, I don't know, I cut myself, maybe I can use this herb to help me heal. Just having that sense of I am contributing to my own health. Like as we had mentioned, uh, Dr. Werner talked about this internal locus of control, and that could apply here. I know that I can make a change and that I am responsible for my own health. I'm contributing to my own health. I'm, I'm making changes for my own health. Um, you had mentioned the pharmacy, as in the farm. I think something interesting happens when we farm our own food or we go to a farm to get our food. We're so disconnected now in our relationship with food and not realizing where food comes from that it becomes a lot easier to eat processed foods and not really think about what we're putting in our bodies. But when we go to God's pharmacy and we're getting the foods from the farm, it changes our relationship with food. We become more aware of what we're eating, where the food came from. And that leads to this process of realizing, oh, okay, this food is good for me. And this food is not good for me. We become more aware. And that type of eating is actually called mindful eating, which is becoming more popular now. Knowing where your food came from, having a relationship with your food, and in turn, you make better food choices. And in turn, we feel better about ourselves and our eating styles. Hello, my name is Kathy, and this is my sister-in-law. <laughs> Hi, I'm Arlette Susanna. Today we're going to show you some natural remedies that you can use using some items from nature that God provided for us to help us with our immune system and our health overall. Ah, so then we don't have to rush off to the pharmacy to get our medications there. No, nope. we go to God's pharmacy. <laughs> it's very clever, Kathy. Okay. So I'm going to show you how to make, I, I actually won't show you how to make it, but I'll give you the uh, recipe for nature's penicillin. So the recipe is uh, basically just one large grapefruit, a red grapefruit, two lemons, an orange, and half a large onion or a whole small onion, four cloves of garlic, and three drops of peppermint oil. Okay. Do you put the whole thing, the fruit, the whole fruit in? If it's organic, you can do that, but it okay. makes it a little bit diff more difficult to drink because it gets thicker. Right. Um, I find that if you peel it, it's just a little bit more pleasant. And the dosage for that would basically be for uh, an adult, a cup a day, okay. or a child, half a cup a day, but you don't take it all at once. You take it by the spoonful, either a spoonful to a quarter cup full okay. at room temperature throughout the day until um, you start to feel better. It's an excellent immune booster. So that's nature's okay. penicillin, wow. super easy. The next one that I wanna show you is, and this one I'll actually show you, is called throat coat. For anything related to your, your throat, um, respiratory. congestion, respiratory, that's okay. right. So I've already put in uh, the bowl 
the juice of half a lemon, just like that. And lemon is an astringent and a detoxifier, so we're starting with that. And one to four cloves of garlic. Now it depends on how much you like garlic because it's, it's spicy. And the garlic is an antiviral, antibacterial. It's an amazing, it's powerful. Uh, it's so powerful. So it's excellent for your for your um, as a remedy. Okay. Then to that, we're going to add a tablespoon of raw honey. Does it have to be raw honey? It does, it does have to be raw honey. Okay. Uh, pasteurized honey has pretty much heated up the honey to the point where there's no medicinal properties left ah, in it. It's just okay. a sweetener. Mm -hmm. So if it's raw honey, you're gonna get the medicinal properties okay. of it. And then you get a bonus. If you get local raw honey, then you're also getting um, the benefits of uh, antihistamines from the plants, from oh, the area. Allergies. So if you have seasonal oh, allergies. Yeah. So we're gonna go ahead and put a tablespoon of the raw honey okay. right into our mix. Thank you. And the honey's gonna help it to stick to your throat when you swallow it. That's what that's what's gonna give it that coat, mm. that coating effect. Okay. okay. And then we're gonna add to this, we're going to add some cayenne pepper. Now cayenne, <laughs> if you know anything about cayenne, cayenne is a blood stimulant. And anywhere the heat of the cayenne goes, it draws all the white and red blood cells and activates the healing. So nice. um, for cayenne, because it is spicy, because it's hot, um, you can put anywhere from an eighth of a teaspoon to a quarter teaspoon. For a yeah. child, you would probably just do a couple of shakes, but it really does depend on your tolerance for the spice level. And being a blood stimulant, it's just gonna get everything going. Um, going. And again, wherever there's heat, the blood cells will go to help heal as well. So here, I'm going to add just a few shakes. I'll show you what that would look like. Actually, would you mind yeah, holding that sure. for me? Like this? Yeah, one, two. So just about okay. like that. A couple of shakes, maybe a third for good luck. <laughs> okay, so there's the cayenne. And the last ingredient of our throat coat, and we can just keep stirring that in a little bit. So you see, it just changes the color a right. little bit. That's Make nice. sure that there's no lumps in the in the cayenne. Okay. And the last ingredient that we'll add is peppermint essential oil. And the reason why we're adding peppermint essential oil is because it's excellent for your respiratory, anything mm. to do with your airways, if you have congestion or mm. any kind of mucus buildup, it's good for releasing that. Right. And one drop is enough, especially if you use the doTERRA oil, because okay. it's very potent. So we're gonna just use one drop and mm. there it goes. It and it so actually, nice. it, it yeah. smells really nice. Really nice. And uh, the peppermint oil also helps to cut the that sharp flavor of the garlic, so it makes it a little bit easier to to mm. take as well. And so the dosage for this throat coat would be a tablespoon every 20 to 30 minutes until this particular recipe done. is done. Yeah. And so you would take a, a, a tablespoon of that every 20 minutes. Okay. And, and until your your remedy is yeah. finished, pretty much. Well, wow, this is this is wonderful that the Lord is so interested in our health that He provides us a means to take care of our ailments, and it does right. work. Yeah, and when you absolutely. use it, you know that you're also not going to be having any negative side effects yeah, or amen. interfering with anything mm -hmm. else in your body. So we pray that you were blessed by today's demonstration of natural remedies. Why don't you uh, try some natural remedies first? instead of resorting to pharmaceuticals or anything like that mm. first. And you'll be pleasantly surprised and trust in God's ways of Absolutely. healing. Absolutely. Yeah. His farm is seen. We pray that it was a blessing. So talk about the Bible. Is there mm -hmm. a Bible verse or a Bible story that tells us about resiliency and confidence? 
There are a few, a few of my favorites. Just the story of Joseph is an incredible story about resilience. Uh, Joseph started off with one of the four things that I had mentioned, a strong and powerful bond or relationship with at least one parent. Uh, so we know Joseph was very strongly loved by his father and his mother. Um, and he grew up in a home where there wasn't a lot of the dysfunction that I had described in these studies. Uh, as a young boy, but then after that, the dysfunction kind of came out, this sibling rivalry to the point where Joseph was betrayed by his brothers, he was left for dead, he was kind of ripped out of his safe and secure home and then sold into slavery, and after that he worked as a house servant, and after that he was in prison, and after that he ended up being like second in command to a great empire. But what happened was you have to question, how did Joseph get to the point of being second in command? How did he not just give up and think this is, you know, my permanent luck It's just bad, bad, bad. Um, but in the Bible story, in each situation, Joseph rose to the top of that environment. You know, it was a constant lesson in resilience. He, he acted in ways that showed he had God's favor so when he actually was a house servant, he rose to the top of the house servants, you know. And then unfortunately, um, Potiphar's wife, Potiphar was the owner of the house. Uh, the wife kind of had this attraction to Joseph and asked him to engage in a, an adulterous affair. And Joseph chose to stick to his ethics and say no. And next thing you know, Joseph goes from being, you know, at the height in the house to then he's in prison. But even though he was in prison, he again rises in his uh, position in prison and ends up having a good relationship with the guard and ends up being, you know, like a, pro, uh, a top inmate in prison. And then he goes from that to meeting someone and saying, hey, when you get out, you know, mention me to the king. So there's this hope and that doesn't happen. And he stays in prison for years, for about two years but he doesn't lose all of his hope. And then he gets out and he helps Pharaoh and then he's in a very high position. So just that, that story of the ups and downs and you know, not just life's little vicissitudes, but life's major traumas that Joseph, uh, that he experienced and that he comes out kind of thriving. That's an incredible story of resiliency but also a story of what can happen when you have that loving father, not just the loving parent, but he had a loving, you know, heavenly father, which is the first, you know, major step in building resiliency. And also he had God's favor. So when I think of resilience, I think of the story of Joseph. I couldn't help thinking about the acronym that you used in the beginning of the program. Mm -hmm. Joseph was really a boss. He was a boss, very resilient, and he ended up being the boss. But I also think of a Bible verse that really encourages me. It's from Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And in that Bible verse, it says, do not copy the behaviors of this world. So in that study that, uh, that Dr. Werner was doing, there were children who were at risk, and some of those children ended up in addiction and dysfunction, uh, but the other children didn't. So this idea, don't copy the behavior of this world. Perhaps children or friends, et cetera, are going in one direction, don't necessarily go in that direction, but instead, let God transform your life by changing the way you think. 
and then you'll know the will of God. So with resilience, most of it, there are actions that you can take, and we're going to talk about some of those tools, but a lot of it is mindset. It's the way we think, and that's why I love that verse. Allow God to change the way that you think, and through that, he will give you the resilience. So I find the story of Joseph encouraging, and I find that Bible verse just full of wisdom. Can you share with us any tools or strategies of how we can build our confidence and resilience? So I have a lot of tools and strategy. We all strategies. We already talked about the four discoveries by Dr. Werner and the three things that uh, Dr. Norman Gromowski had um, discovered as well. But on top of that, there are little things that you can do. A lot of them have to do with mindset that make a big difference. So when we are feeling depressed or we're not feeling resilient, meaning we're feeling hopeless, we tend to carry ourselves in a, a down, we're feeling down and we carry ourselves in a downward way. So we carry ourselves like this, we'll walk like this, we'll sit like this, and your brain responds to your posture. So when you're like this, if I stayed like this for long enough, my brain probably would start secreting stress hormones, cortisol, adrenaline. I'm telling my brain that I'm stressed and worried and anxious and maybe afraid. But you can shift your posture. Ooh, that feels better. When you're like this, your brain's going to respond. Oh, okay, something's different. And your brain will release endorphins, serotonin, dopamine, and those are the bliss hormones. You feel better, and when you're in that state, you can see things differently. So something that helps to build resilience is just shifting your posture. Something else that helps with the secretion of those hormones, serotonin, endorphins, dopamine. So serotonin's like the happiness hormone. Dopamine is like the pleasure, satisfaction, uh, reward hormone. Endorphins are the feeling no pain hormone. So that combination is like bliss. But just what you're doing right now, Renee, laughing and smiling. Laughing and smiling cause the release of those hormones. So the more we laugh and the more we smile, I know you're saying, well, you're in a, dif a difficult situation, you don't wanna laugh. Even smiling can shift your brain chemistry and that can help you to see things a little bit differently. There are two or three other things that can help. One of them is with positivity, it's avoiding seeing the situation as insurmountable, meaning you view it as a, a mountain that's so much bigger than you and you can't climb that mountain. It means you feel like it is impossible. But there's a beautiful Bible verse that says, with man it is impossible, but with the Lord all things are possible. So leaning on the Lord so he can help you to know it's possible. So avoiding a sense of insurmountability. Thank you very much, Dr. Plummer. Before we go, I wonder if I could ask you to pray for our viewers specifically that they may be struggling to build this confidence and resilience that you can pray for them, that God will give them that ability. Amen, definitely. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we thank you so much, Lord, because you are our Father and we were made in your image. We thank you because you are the loving Heavenly Father uh, that we need so that we can have resilience. I just want to pray and ask, Lord, that every viewer, everyone listening uh, can learn to depend on you, can have a stronger relationship with you and within their own hearts and their own locus of control 
They can build more resilience through you. Lord, your word says that with you all things are possible, and I pray that everyone will come to know that. We say things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. 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 Dr. Palmer, thank you very much for coming on It Is Written Canada today. Thank you. Friends, we want to recommend to you this little book, our free offer entitled, I Want More Blank in My Life. You fill in the blank. I want more confidence and resilience in my life, or I want more peace, freedom, joy, hope, rest, security, you name it. This little book can help you find what you're looking for. The Bible tells us that Jesus put his confidence fully in his Father's word when he declared, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Instead of viewing failure like I am a failure, perhaps you failed at something, again, that disconnection, but then looking at that failure, what can I learn? What are the positive things that I learned in this failure? How can I apply them? And being willing to cultivate like wisdom around the failure, but not adopt an attitude of negativity. So I become wiser, but I don't become negative. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to watch a video of this podcast, please visit iiw.ca or you can go to our IIW Canada YouTube channel and click on the videos tab. Once again, thank you so much for listening.